Hi, this is your host, Rosaria Kozar. Please always remember to consult with your physicians before attempting any changes to your treatment plan. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Rosaria Kozar, and you're listening to Living Risk Anxiety. I really appreciate you tuning in today. And as you know, this podcast is to help you adjust to your child's new diagnosis. Today, we're going to shift our focus to health. When your child is first diagnosed, you might see or notice in the clinic that there are a lot of children struggling with weight loss. Now, this can be scary for parents because you have no idea what your child's treatment will be or how they will react to it. Sadly, some children need tube feedings due to treatment, but that does not happen to every child. So for this episode, we're going to talk about nutrition. I have with me a well-known oncology nutritionist, Nicole Giller. She uses evidence-based practices and additionally works to stop cancer reoccurrence. However, in this episode, we're going to discuss some of the initial nutritional obstacles following diagnosis. So without further ado, welcome, Nicole, and how are you doing today? Uh, Thank you so much. Um, I'm doing really well, and I'm excited to be here and and talk with you. And we're excited to have you. So let's start with a little bit about your background. How did you get involved with nutrition and specifically speaking with oncology patients? Well, I went, I attended, I got my degree through Washington State University, and one of my first jobs out of my uh, dietetic program, because I'm a registered dietitian, um, I worked in the hospital and I was assigned the oncology floor. So I did have other floors in the hospital, but I always just found myself wanting to go to the oncology floor to help those patients, because for me, um, you know, in healthcare, oncology to me, I feel like so often the cancer diagnoses are not the patient's fault. And, you know, they're scrambling to try to do everything they can to fight off the cancer and to optimize their cancer treatments. And I see with nutrition, you can do that. You optimize cancer treatments. Patients do better and fight off cancer better with nutrition. So I just saw so much power there, but not only for it to help people survive and thrive during treatment, but just that, you know, it's not their fault. This cancer diagnosis is not their fault, you know, especially in pediatrics um, or, you know, completely in pediatrics, it's not their fault. And so um, being able to just help support them and give them the confidence with nutrition, um, that was really important to me because there doesn't need to be stress around food. If you have the right information, um, you know, people find that, okay, you know, nutrition, this is something I can handle, you know, something that doesn't have to be hard uh, during cancer treatment. And that's what I want. I want to make it easier for them. So uh, that's why I love it. Well, that's great and really inspirational, I'm sure, for other people that might want to get involved in that specific field. So I think it's safe to say or assume that those whom are lost, for lack of a better word, into the world of cancer have people whom suggest specific mm-hmm. types of diets. What are some of the truths behind this idea mm-hmm. of diets and the inaccuracies? Right. So they're pretty much all inaccurate. That's the thing. That That's it's because there is no uh, magic trick as far as nutrition goes with cancer. So one of the big ones is that sugar feeds cancer. So um, we want to avoid all sugars and you know, possibility. You don't even have to get treatment if you just avoid sugar, right? People say these things and it's just not true. 
it, it just, there, there's no truth behind it. So during cancer treatment, um, you absolutely do want to include all foods, all foods. Okay. And sugar, you can look at a different couple different ways. Like sugar, a lot of times sugar feeds cancer. They may be talking about like dessert foods or, or granulated sugar, but, but truly sugar is a carbohydrate and that can include fruit, desserts, uh, grains, dairy, all those foods. And so then people kind of question like, well, should I cut all those out or should I just cut out dessert? Is this really feeding my cancer? My, my child, I want to, you know, optimize their treatment outcomes. I don't want to feed the cancer. Right. So they're worried. Well, I can just tell you that there's no truth behind it, that, um, yes, uh, tumors, cancer do have an increased uptake of glucose. Um, but there's nothing that we can do to control that. If we're eating less sugar, we're not going to, the tumor's not going to be worse off. If we're eating more sugar, like let's say you had like whatever sugar you want, fruit and cake for every single meal, your cancer isn't going to be better off. So that's the important thing that you can't change what's going on with the tumor's growth or, or not growth, except for treatment. The treatment will do that. It'll impact the cancer. And so how can you, you optimize your treatment to kill that cancer best is to make sure to fuel your healthy cells. So people a lot of time get really concerned with, well, I, you know, I hear these myths and do I need to eat can do I need to eat sugar to, you know, with their cancer related, but really we want to focus back on the healthy cells, especially with children, right? They're growing so rapidly. They have much more energy needs for their size versus adults because they're at these, this age, they're growing so much that it's so important to get in as much calories and protein for your healthy cells. So actually it's important to have more sugar to eat more foods to, because if your healthy cells are fueled, um, your child will perform better during treatment. It'll support all those things that are growing so rapidly at the age, you know, cause, cause even though you're going through cancer treatment, we still want to help support, you know, our child, our children growing. Right. Um, so it's just so important to focus on what foods can we eat to help support our healthy cells and trust that our cancer treatment will fight off the cancer and then also your treatment will do better. Um, it will kill the cancer better if, you're, if your child is stronger and eating more food. So just sugar feed cancer, like sure, yeah, the cancer does have glucose uptake, but it does not impact um, whether your cancer is doing um, worse or, or better based on um, whether you're eating sugar or not. So I actually want you eating more sugar. Does that make sense? <laughs> Completely. Um, just one aspect of that. I do have a question. So yes. are you saying um, more fruits and those types of sugars? Or are you saying um, raw sugar like uh, candy? I'm saying, I'm saying all candy and I'm saying all of them. There are no food restrictions during cancer treatment for pediatric cancer patients. There are none. There, nope, there are none. So whether they want to have a candy bar or a piece of fruit is going to be it's going to be great. I think it's um, it's whatever you want. As a parent, you know you're in charge of presenting presenting food options to your child, um, but you do not need to be fearful that you're making mistakes there. If you want, if they are feel you want to enjoy some dessert with your child or candy bar or, or just have fruit and not do candy, you know, that's fine. Um, the micronutrients may be different. Like for example, fruit's going to have fiber and a candy bar won't, but ultimately both of those will be broken down into glucose, which will fuel your healthy cells and your child's, um, cell development. So they're both going to be good choices. 
Um, so there are no things off limits. I just want to piggyback off that because we're all familiar. Um, well, I don't think everybody is familiar, but a lot of us are familiar with the keto diet because it's gained so much popularity. Mm, so yes. I'm assuming what you're saying right now is do not put your child on the keto diet, which is a high protein diet and a low carbohydrate. Yes. And it's super high fat. Yes, correct. And really that, so that, no, the answer is no, do not do keto, do not limit sugars, um, there are no diets that are going to improve outcomes, special, like special diets that are going to improve outcomes for your child. It's just making sure that they continue to eat at all meal times and to kind of, you know, support different side effects. Um, yeah, do not do keto. It's not going to, you know, you want carbohydrates. That's what fuels, you know, your brain, which is developing at like a rapid rate as a child, right? It's going to feel the best with carbohydrates. So, so that just reason alone, you don't want to do keto because you're not going to give your body, your child, you or your child's uh, preferred uh, source of fuel, which is carbohydrates. So, no, we do not want to do keto. And that said, are there superfoods that patients uh, should try to eat? So, um, yeah, I mean, so during are we talking during cancer treatment or after? Um, we're just going to keep this during to uh, during. during. OK, so. um during, I would say is not necessarily a superfood, but what's going to make a huge impact is going to be protein. Okay. So with the cancer diagnosis and just as children are growing, there is so much extra protein uptake, like the proteins used up so much quicker, especially with cancer treatment cells are broken down and then have to rebuild. So what you want to emphasize is protein foods. So that's going to be your meats, your dairy, your eggs, beans, legumes, nuts, seeds, uh, tofu, um, even protein powders, uh, protein drinks. If your child likes uh, Pediasure, and if they don't, that's okay too. Milk's milk's fine. All of those are going to be kind of like your superfood in a way, just because you have increased protein needs during treatment. Um, that's what that's where I would put my emphasis. And what are some of the favorite foods that um, cancer patients might like to eat? And uh, I think you already covered if there's something that they should avoid. So yeah, do they right. have favorite foods? You know, um, it's it kind of comes down. So when you're, this is the thing. So for pediatric oncology, um, you're really in a place, it kind of depends on how old your child is. Like, we're not talking, so I guess what age groups are we talking? Just so I can make sure to answer that correctly. We could talk about under 10. Under 10. Okay. So those are going to be kind of some prime years that we're trying to establish some healthy eating patterns, you know, um, as far as like how it is at mealtimes, you know, reducing stress around mealtimes, um, offering your child different food choices, trying not to pressure them. Um, that's kind of the big focus as far as, so if you're not even looking at, at cancer, it's your child going through cancer treatment, you just want to make sure to, um, set the tone for, you know, having a good relationship with food. That's the big focus for my client, my, pa uh, for parents, because, um, I do see what, ha what ends up happening is if there's so much pressure put on your child during eating during cancer treatment, it could, and sometimes does lead to eating disorders into adulthood. And, oh, wow. um, yeah. And it, you know, I, I understand that because as a parent, you want not only, <laughs> you want to nourish your child anyway, right. You want to do your best, but then now you're seeing them 
you know, with side effects, weight loss, battling cancer, you definitely want to make sure to hit those nutrition marks, right? But it's actually more important that you as a parent don't put too much pressure and, and don't, you know, put on, you know, anxiety or concern, even though it's, it's such a hard time, um, because you want that relationship to stay good for later on in adult life, but also just as a child, the more we push them, the more they're going to push back is usually the trend. So it's just about offering food choices and kind of letting them decide what they want to eat. And, um, I know that you had mentioned like tube feeding and, and see that as, you know, a good thing. Because if they're getting tube feeding, you know they're getting in that good nutrition and you're fueling their, their you're helping with their growth, you're fueling their healthy cells. So then you know that you have those calories set. So then the food, it almost becomes less pressure for the parent knowing, okay, they're already getting nutrition with tube feeding. Now we're going to supplement, you know, with regular foods through mouth. But it's a good thing knowing like, okay, whew, they're taking care of that portion. Because that's pretty common for, well, it's not pretty common, but it is, um, it, depending on the diagnosis, um, the child can get to feeding. And really it's, it's kind of a great thing because it kind of takes the pressure off the child and the parent, but, um, just kind of working with their side effects. Um, like for example, you said, what foods do they like? Okay. So like mouth sores, for example, you would want to do like lots of soft foods. So like casseroles, ice cream, milkshakes, yogurts, puddings, things like that. Like none of those things are off limits. You kind of like, okay, well, what does my child feel like? Why don't I give them a few different options you know, um, and just kind of letting them decide and, and still try to find ways to enjoy food as a child. Um, and, and that'll help them eat better. The less pressure we put on them actually helps them end up eating better, which I'm a parent and, and my children are not, you know, undergoing cancer treatment. And, and I, you know, I understand at mealtime, it can get a little tricky. Um, and then the other, the other thing is if you're feeding your child in the hospital, try to make those mealtimes fun. I don't know if the hospital already does that on their own, but even trying to make certain mealtimes special with different color cutlery or um, different color, you know, you go to Walmart, get something inexpensive, um, color coordinated, like everything blue or everything pink. So sometimes make mealtimes more fun because that actually encourages your child to eat more too. I completely agree instead of your child sitting there eating off of hospital trays uh, color coding things is a fantastic idea it kind of takes them away from the dry setting of a hospital um, and it might draw them in for that nutrition that they need and you have given us so much in terms of uh, what people can do to sustain their nutrition throughout their treatment. So thank you so much. And before we wrap up, I just want to know if our listeners can get in touch with you um, somehow um, for one-to-one or just to contact you in another way. Uh, yes, I would, I would love to connect. So you can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Um, you can search for uh, my screen name is Oncology Nutrition Strong. So just type it in on Facebook or Instagram, or you can email me, and that's all going to be one word. My username is one word, so Oncology Nutrition Strong at Gmail. And, um, you know, I'm on there pretty much every day, and I, I love to help out. So just uh, shoot me a DM or an email, and we can chat more. All right, well, thank you so much for being here, and we are going to have to sign off. So thank you so much, Nicole. And thank you so much, Rose. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. You're listening to Living With Scanxiety. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast and visit my website at www.livingwithscanxiety.org.